Today in Business from Wired. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Why are New York taxi drivers killing themselves? By Miranda Katz. It was a somber scene outside New York City Hall on Wednesday afternoon. Four coffins sat at the foot of the steps. One by one, taxi drivers covered them with white flowers before assembling on the steps and shouting for the city to, quote, stop Uber's greed and stop making us slaves. It was the second such gathering in two months, as drivers and their advocates mourned another suicide that they attribute to the rise of ride-hailing services like Uber and Lyft. That sudden increase in the number of four-hire vehicles on the city's streets, they claim, has made it impossible for drivers to earn a decent living. On March 16th, Nicanor Ochisor, a 65-year-old yellow cab driver, took his own life in his queen's home. According to his family and friends, he'd been drowning financially as his prized taxi medallion, on which he'd hoped to retire, plummeted in value. The circumstances surrounding his death were upsettingly familiar. In February, driver Douglas Shifter shot himself outside City Hall after posting a lengthy statement to Facebook blaming politicians for letting the streets get so saturated. According to the New York Taxi Workers Alliance, a nonprofit group that advocates for drivers, at least two other drivers have killed themselves since December in response to mounting financial pressures. At Wednesday's rally, Bhairavi Desai, the executive director of NYTWA, described the situation as a living nightmare. The assembled drivers echoed her sentiment. Norandine Afsi said she began driving a yellow cab in 2001 when a friend said it would be easier money than his job in retail. You could work nine hours and easily make $200 in a day, he recalled. Now you're lucky if you make 50 or 60. Beresford Simmons, who's been driving a yellow cab for more than 50 years, expressed a similar frustration. 
At 71 years old, he said, he had just had heart surgery and was on dialysis, and he was in no financial position to take a break from driving. We have guys at home who are losing their houses, he said. I know cab drivers who are homeless today. The anguish and anger on display at City Hall offer an unsettling look at the cost of disrupting long-standing industries. Until recently, driving a cab in New York was a gateway to the middle class, especially if drivers could get their hands on a coveted medallion, essentially a permit to operate their own cabs rather than leasing cars from others. With the number of medallions fixed, prices generally rose, peaking in 2014 at over $1 million, well outside the budget of many drivers, but good news for medallion owners who sometimes borrowed against them. Since then, though, prices have fallen sharply as competition from ride-hailing services intensified. In January, seven medallions sold for under $200,000 each. Many drivers are deeply in debt and a long way from the stable lifestyle they once expected. To call it an engine of social mobility would be overstating it, but driving a taxi is definitely a way that men without college educations have found to raise families to provide family wages for a long time, says Julia Tacona, a sociologist studying technologies of work, emotions, and inequality at the Data and Society Research Institute in New York. For taxi drivers, disruption is not only financially destabilizing, but also demoralizing as it recasts their careers as gig work. A longtime taxi driver who prides himself on knowing the ins and outs of the city's streets is now competing with tens of thousands of newcomers, some of whom may only be driving as a part-time side hustle. There's this tension between older sets of professional norms and the ways that labor platforms are encouraging workers to promote themselves and be entrepreneurial, Tacona says. Though New York City caps the number of yellow cabs at just over 13,600, it doesn't limit the number of drivers for Uber, Lyft, or other services. It does, unlike most U.S. cities, require that rideshare drivers be licensed by the Taxi and Limousine Commission. The lack of regulation has led to rapid growth. Uber launched in the city in 2011 with just 105 cars on the road. By 2015, that had ballooned to 20,000, and today there are more than 63,000 black cars providing rides through various ride-hailing apps, 60,000 of which are affiliated with Uber. Those rallying on Wednesday argued that growth is affecting all drivers, including those for Uber and Lyft. The business model of Uber and Lyft is destroying every driver across the sector, said Desai. They're destroying the full-time jobs of professional yellow, green, livery, and black car drivers and replacing them with poverty-paid gigs where Uber and Lyft drivers themselves cannot survive. A 2017 survey of drivers by the Independent Drivers Guild, which represents app-based drivers, found that 57% of respondents earn less than $50,000 per year and 22% earn less than $30,000 per year. As much as some taxi and app-based drivers may see each other as competition, they also are united on several fronts. They all want more money. The IDG is petitioning the city to require apps to raise driver pay by 37%, and the NYTWA is demanding that the city raise yellow cab rates and make them the minimum for all app-based services. 
Both groups also want the city to cap the number of new entrants, as they worry that demand isn't keeping pace with the increasing supply of drivers. Uber and Lyft bring on hundreds of new drivers per week, though some quickly quit. A recent analysis by Bruce Schaller, a former NYC Traffic and Planning Commissioner, showed that the hours that taxis and rideshare vehicles spend unoccupied in central Manhattan increased by 81 percent between 2013 and 2017. Without passengers, drivers don't earn money. We don't care about competition, said Afsi, who began driving for Uber after leasing a yellow cab for nine years. When you work 14, 15 hours and go home with 50 bucks, it's not good. It's not about competition. It's about survival. Drivers and their advocates hope that, if anything, the recent string of suicides will compel New York City to further regulate the industry and avoid a full-throttled race to the bottom. The city last considered capping the number of four hire vehicles on the road in 2015. However, Uber campaigned against the cap, and the city council did not pass the legislation. Now, city council member Stephen Levin is again proposing a temporary freeze on new-for-hire vehicle licenses while the city studies on the impact of the industry's growth. That's one of several proposals for mitigating the effects of more ride-hailing. Last fall, Councilmember Yudanis Rodriguez introduced a bill that would allow medallion owners to operate two vehicles under a single medallion, helping boost the value of medallions. Rodriguez has previously suggested that the city bail out medallion owners, saying that we should find a form of restitution to those who've invested in our city's future through the purchase of medallions. Another council member, Ruben Diaz Sr., introduced a bill last month meant to slow the growth of app-based for hire services with, among other things, a $2,000 annual fee on every vehicle affiliated with an app-based service. And the TLC is considering piloting a program that would let taxi drivers offer upfront cost estimates. In theory, that could help them attract passengers who currently prefer the cost predictability of Uber to the traffic-dependent price of yellow cabs. All those proposals share one critical element. They place the burden for change on the city rather than the rideshare companies, and perhaps for good reason. Though app-based companies could theoretically raise wages or cap their pool of drivers on their own, they have no incentive to curb their growth. The only place a solution will possibly come from is from public policy, says Schaller, the former New York City Traffic and Planning Commissioner. The app-based services are hell-bent on growth, and if I were the CEO at Uber and had announced that I plan to take the company public next year, I would be too. In a statement, Uber pointed to steps it's taken recently to win back its driver's trust, such as introducing in-app tipping and allowing drivers to earn more while waiting to pick up riders. Drivers told us we needed to do better, and we have been working hard to earn back their trust and improve the driver experience, a spokesperson said. A Lyft spokesperson said that the company is in ongoing conversations to find solutions to complex challenges in New York in order to provide the best transportation for passengers and earning opportunity for those who drive with Lyft. The New York City Council created a new committee on four hire vehicles in 2018, and that committee had its first hearing shortly after Shifter's suicide in February. For several hours, drivers and advocates delivered emotional testimony and asked for a cap on the number of vehicles on city streets. 
TLC Commissioner Mira Joshi appeared receptive to the idea of stricter regulation, acknowledging at the hearing that the expanding industry will continue to make driving a very stressful career without any growth control mechanism. Some sort of growth control mechanism would likely ease the impact that the ride-sharing boom has had on drivers across the industry. But the days of being able to retire on a yellow cab medallion might be a thing of the past. People are frozen in place, dreaming of the idea that the medallion system is about to recover, says Schaller. This can turn out perfectly fine for yellow cab drivers. It's very difficult to see how it could be fine for yellow cab medallion owners. In other words, it may not be possible to protect every worker from the negative effects of disruption, but there's hope that new regulations might keep drivers from going to the desperate extremes that the city has seen in recent months. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.